intentional prayer. A vision for a Great Commission church begins with Jerusalem, and it begins with intentional prayer. It secondly begins then with intentional relationships. Intentional relationships. And we're using the word intentional on purpose. You must make a decision. You must become intentional about your praying. You must become intentional about building your relationships. There must be intentionality about what you do. Thirdly, there must be intentional equipping, that we are equipping our people, equipping our own hearts and equipping ourselves to understand what it means to equip others to reach Christ. Yes, you can see these now on the screen. Intentional prayer, intentional relationships, and third, intentional equipping. Sometimes we pastors are very guilty of just saying to our people, go out and reach the lost, but we never tell them how. We never tell them how they can do it. And most people are scared to death and they go out and say something and they get themselves into either a situation where they've offended someone or a question is brought up, they don't know what to say, so they just shut down. We need to intentionally equip others. It's an older book, but it is called Becoming a Contagious Christian, uh, something that Mike Holbrook and I have taught around the world. Uh, it's amazing how you can equip. And there are many other wonderful books that are out today to help you to equip uh, your people for sharing Christ. Number four, there must be intentional discipleship, not just hoping that somehow um, if they're in church on Sunday morning, that's good. Uh, no, there has to be intentional discipleship. Fifthly, there has to be intentional attention to the needs around us. I am deeply persuaded in my heart that especially after coming out of COVID, that if the church simply remains within its walls and the community does not see us reaching out, the community does not see us caring for the homeless, helping children, reaching people, working in the area of schools, working in the area of other things, the church, and I, it breaks my heart to say this, but I believe with all my heart, it will come, it will become irrelevant in modern day culture. We have got to give intentional attention to the needs that are around us. And we must make an intentional decision to reach our city for Christ. When you talk about Jerusalem, we're talking about intentional Great Commission witnesses. We're talking about prayer warriors. We're talking about discipleship process. And we're talking about a community Christ following. Those things have to be somehow involved. You say, we don't have many people. We can't do that. One can do all four. Two can do, they can divide it up. But I just want you to know, in just a moment, I'm going to share with you uh, the book that I've written entitled uh, Living in the Power of One. It's all about one person. If there's no one else that can do it, you do it. 
Well, I can't do much. It always begins with one. And then when we talk about Jerusalem, the person that I mentioned, Judy Trimble Croom, who is in Egypt, has a, another little beautiful acrostic. And this acrostic says, if we're going to reach our Jerusalem, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues for Christ, we have to kind of look at them as family. And what that means is, forgetting about myself, intentionally loving you. Forgetting about myself, and by intention, I am loving you. And let me just say in passing, people don't need a corrector. They need a friend. People don't need to tell them what's all wrong in their lives. They need to tell them that Jesus loves them. They don't need to tell them what everything they're doing is wrong. They know what's doing is wrong. What they need to know is there is a God who cares. So let's, let's determine to be like the early church. And the Bible says that they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And may God help us to reach our city, not only by ourselves, but by joining hands with others, reaching Jerusalem. So then we talk about Judea. And I want to share with you a resource that our, our denomination is working with a group called ARC, uh, which is the Association of Related Churches. And it is wonderful how they are helping us to begin to think about church planting and, and think about uh, other things that we can do in church partnerships. But when we begin to think about Judea, we're focusing on church planting and church partnerships. And I want to share with you a booklet that was actually written by a man who used to be a part of our denomination. Uh, it's given to us by our brothers in the Church of the Nazarene. And it's called New Church Evangelism, and it was written by Reverend Jim Dorsey. And it's a whole, it says, Creating Your Ministry Action Plan. And I am working right now with a young Hispanic couple in uh, Louisville. I'm sorry, they're from Louisville, Kentucky, but they're living now in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. And they're wanting to start a church in Nashville, Tennessee, a Hispanic church. And I'm working with them through this book about how you go about praying. And, and the simple question that we can begin to ask ourselves is simply this. Uh, and some churches need to ask this. Is God leading us to start a new church? You say, I don't believe so. We can't even hardly get enough people together to have church ourselves. Well, let me tell you. There's an easy way for every church in our denomination to start another church. You say, how's that? If you have a building, our Hispanic ministry is reaching out across the country, and they have a desire, and they have a dream of starting a Hispanic church in every church that we have a building. What would it be if on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, after your people were gone from Sunday morning, that you could contact Reverend Jorge Pacheco, who is the overseer of our Hispanic ministry, and say, we'd like to start a church in Dublin in the afternoon. 
we'd like to start a church in Hillham. Well, there's not a lot of Hispanic people here. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. And there's an easy way every one of our churches could start another church. But maybe God is leading you into a multi-site or to become part of others. Who are the people we could reach the question? Do we have agreement with our leaders? Do we have resources we could invest? And you say, no, I don't. The reason why we don't is because resources always follow vision. They don't follow need. And if you have and begin to pray about this matter of planting another church, what could happen? And here's the real question. There are two questions I'd like for you to really think about in Judea. Is God leading us to start a new church? And the last question, have we really prayed about this? Do we really have the mind of the Lord about this? Or are we just saying we can't do that? I know I'm talking to our churches in Indiana tonight. And I know many of you are, are very small. But I want you to know our God is very big. And God could help you, uh, especially, I want you to pray about this matter, about a Hispanic church uh, that would meet in your congregation. Or perhaps there's a Bible study somewhere in another community. And through this marvelous means of technology, uh, we're able to reach out to a lot of different areas. So uh, the whole idea for a vision uh, for a new church is that, uh, is God leading us? And technology does help us. And we can begin to see house churches and other churches. And uh, during the COVID period, we all learned how to do this. And some did it better than others. But I want to tell you, I believe that technology is what God can help us. Uh, it doesn't take the place of meeting together. I'm not trying to say it does. But it can bring us together. You can start, you can stream to another, another community that may desire to have a church that, that you are praying that God will help you to start. And then what about Samaria? We have defined Samaria here and in the general evangelism department as that which is cross-cultural. We are in a a multicultural culture right now. And we are working as a denomination to try to understand how we can be more inclusive in many different ways. How we can be more inclusive with the African-American culture, with the Hispanic culture, uh, with the age groups, not only just the young but the old, and not only just the old but the young, and the children and, and young adults. Uh, the cross-cultural, we have people that are now coming to America, Muslim people and Hindus and all kinds of people. And when we talk about Samaria here, we're talking about People who do not look like me. People who don't have the same language like me. People who don't have a background like me. And even people who do not believe like me. You say, well, what should we do with all that? Those are the people that God has called us to reach. And sometimes we get so comfortable in our own little setting that we forget that God has called the church and God so loved not just 3CU, not just 
the little white church in the corner. But he has loved the world. And I know that this is a little intimidating for all of us. But what I have found is that if we're going to reach Samaria, reach into people who are not like us, the answer is to find a partnership, to find a church or a group that's already reaching out to the African-Americans and learn how do, we, how do we build relationships with them? What do we do? People that are reaching out to Muslims, people that are reaching out to others. There's no doubt people in your very town that are reaching out to some of these people. And if not, maybe you can be the beacon. You can be the lighthouse to reach out that other people could learn to. Oh, I believe Samaria is an important part of the Great Commission. And in, in America today, the, the book has been written and it says, missions have come home to America. No longer do we have to send people across the sea to find Muslims. No longer do we have to send people across the ocean uh, to find Hindus. No longer do we have to find, send people across the ocean to find atheists and to find people who are so messed up in their thinking. But those are the people that Jesus loved. Our pastor here preached not long ago. He's preaching a series called, What Would Jesus Do?, and the second sermon in his series was, What Would Jesus Do About Sinners? And the sermon was that Jesus would love sinners. And Jesus would welcome sinners. And Jesus would tell them that there is a great love. We need to understand that there is a Samaria all around us. The world is becoming, whether we like it or not, whether we want it to be or not, the world is becoming more and more unlike us every day. But that doesn't mean that the gospel cannot transcend those boundaries. And then lastly, talking about the ends of the earth. And I just want to talk for a moment about this. And even if I go just a minute or two into uh, the question and answer series, if you have a question, uh, you could put it on the, the chat and, and it will be given to me and I'll try to answer that question. But it came up in our general council. And I think it's something we as a denomination have to wrestle with. Many churches now are having one service, or if they do have a Sunday night service, it's very small. And sometimes on Wednesday night, it is just the faithful few who come. And yet our manual says that we are to have a missionary service once a month. And that is becoming increasingly difficult for some churches to do. So what do we do just because that things have changed in the schedule of our churches and because we don't have an abundance of missionaries available to come to our church every month, that does not relieve us of the responsibility to be a Great Commission church and to reach out to the ends of the earth. There are three things that if we're going to reach the ends of the earth, these things are as old as, much older than me, I'll just say it that way, and I'm usually the oldest person in the room. We need to pray. We need to give. And we need to go. Can I just tell you, in these days, 
I think we have to be creative about prayer. We can't just wait for a missionary to come and say, okay, I'll pray for these people. I think we need to take our missionaries some way. And I think we need to be creative. It may be a nation or a missionary each week in the church bulletin. It may be something. But we have got to, as the church at home, we have got to pray for our missionaries. And we've got to be creative about prayer. Secondly, we must be creative about giving Thank God for uh, the, the children's march that raised uh, so many dollars in all the districts this year. Uh, what a great thing to give pennies. But I think we have to be creative. If we wait till a missionary comes to give, we're not going to be giving much. I would like for every church to think about having a missions convention uh, or a mission Sunday and to do a faith promise where people are saying, I feel like God is calling me to give this much and then give it out to shares. Whether that's the way or some way, you've got to ask God to help you to be creative about your giving. And then we must be intentional about going. And every church needs to have some kind of mission trip on a calendar. Well, we're too small. We can't take a mission trip. Well, then join with the denomination as they take a mission trip. Well, we only have one person. Well, then get that one person there. Or every church, think about what could happen if you could take a trip to Arizona or you could take a trip uh, to the Texas-Mexican border or perhaps a work team. We need to be creative about going and praying that God will raise up missionaries that will go to the ends of the earth. And so when we talk about the vision for a Great Commission church, the ends of the earth, here's what it's going to require. Intentionally praying for the world. Intentionally praying for who we can send. Intentionally equipping those we send. Intentionally giving to those who are sent and intentionally partnering with other churches. When we learn to do that, we can become a great commission church. My vision for a great commission church, this is my life work to help people understand and respond to the message of Christ in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to finish my presentation with this next slide. This actually came from one of the laymen at Cap City Church. We talked about evangelism and talked about doing things. And this layperson asked me the question. It was a lady and she said, I've been around our denomination for many years. We have talked about the Great Commission for years. But she said, sometimes I think we're like a, a team that's just sitting on the bench. And we're watching. And she asked me with tears. She said, David, when will we get in the game? 
There's a great difference in sitting on the bench and watching others play or sitting in the stands and watching others play and putting on the helmet and going out and actually getting involved in the game. I'm asking you, when will you get in the game? Are you in the game? Or are you just sitting watching others in the game? And then she asked me with tears, who will get in the game? I believe there are people who could be witnesses, but they're going to have to get in the game. There are going to be people who could be prayer warriors, but they're going to have to get in the game. There are people who could be community Christ followers, but they're going to have to get in the game. There are people who could disciple others, but they're going to have to get in the game. I want to ask you tonight, who in your church will get in the game? You can't do it by yourself. Pastor, I don't care how great your heart is. You can't win the game by yourself. You can't do it. You've got to have some others who will get in the game. And the third question she asked, and it gripped my heart as a pastor. She said, I think there are a lot of people sitting in the pews that would like to get in the game, but they don't know how. And so who will be the coach who will open the playbook and say, you could be a witness, or you could be a prayer warrior, or you could be a discipler, or you could be a community Christ follower. Or you could help us figure out how to do this thing of church planning. And you could help us figure out what are we going to do creatively about the, the cross cultures in our world. And what are we going to do about the ends of the earth? Pastor, I want you to know this is your responsibility to open the playbook to allow other people to get in the game. God wants to use you. God wants to use us all as great commission churches. And so we come to the end of session four and I'm going to ask a young man that I love, and I, I kind of kiddingly say he's the son I never had. Um, if, if there have been questions come in, Eric, would you just come up and could you read them to me or share them with me? Uh, we've got just a few minutes. Uh, have there been questions that have been submitted? Okay. While we're just waiting on that, I want to share with you uh, some resources. We are committed to having you done at 9 o'clock. I told you that. And I've already shared with you uh, the Great Commission Workbook. All of these things are available online. And if you don't have a Great Commission Workbook, please, and if you don't know how to get on Amazon or whatever, let me know that, that we will.
Okay, and Eric has given us a link for all the books that I am showing you here today that you can go to Amazon and get these books. We've just decided at headquarters it's cheaper for you to order it from Amazon and ship it to you than it is for us to have a large stock on, on hand and then to have to pay the postage to get it to you. It's not very much money. And if you can go to Amazon, there is also a book that I think many of you have, but if you have not got this, it's from Dr. Robert Klein, our former general superintendent, and it's a book that says, I Stand by the Door, Reflections About Evangelism and Discipleship. These leadership books, the discipleship books that are here, they can be used in a class. They're wonderful to help you to form a discipleship uh, gathering. And you can use that. And if you are a small church and you say, but we can't do anything. Living in the power of one. It talks about how one person can change different things. One person talked about David and talked about uh, Abraham. That uh, God can help you when one person acts. That God can help other people. And there is also a workbook that comes along with this that you can find on my personal website, which is growthministriesunlimited.org. And uh, you can find that, and it would say you can find a workbook, and there is also a video resource that you can use on this one. The only one you can't get on Amazon is the one about starting another church, and if you would like that, if you would text me or uh, email me, we would definitely be happy uh, to get you that and uh, to let you begin to think about that. We have two minutes. Do we have any questions, Eric? Say again. Oh, the prayer coins, yes. Mike Holbrook and the General Evangelism Department has put together, uh, and we have many of those, prayer coins. And uh, it, you take that prayer coin, it's got Acts 431 on it, and you can put it in your pocket. And as you begin to, to reach in your pocket, you can remember to pray. The prayer coins, and, and if you become a, a Great Commission partner, I'm not really trying to raise money here tonight, but if you become a Great Commission partner, which is someone who says, I want to do this, and $100 a year will get you all this material, and it won't cost you anything. Uh, so, but there are prayer coins uh, that we are making available. Any other question, Eric? All right. I want to thank you for spending a Monday evening with me and with us and with each other. And I will be sending out uh, a form for you to be able to evaluate this kind of, of format. I trust that it has been helpful. Trust that you can use it and trust that God will help all of us to become a Great Commission Church. Let us pray. Our Father, as I come before you tonight, I thank you for the privilege of sharing with the people in Indiana. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their lives. Thank you, Lord, for their commitment to evangelism and their commitment to a Great Commission. Now, Lord, will you give them wisdom and understanding, help them not to be overwhelmed by all of this, but to take one step at a time and ask God, the Holy Spirit, 
to lead them in prayer, to lead them about witnessing, to lead them about reaching out to their community, to lead them about Samaria, lead them about whether they should start a Hispanic church in their community. Lead them, Lord, in whatever way. Oh God, lead every one of us that are on this call tonight and on this online presentation. Lord, lay someone on our hearts and love that person through us. And may we do our part to win that soul to you. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. And we lift you up. In Jesus' name. And all of us said together, Amen. Thank you for joining us. And God bless you. I trust that I'll be in touch with you uh, soon to see uh, how you're coming with all of this. Thank you for joining us.